millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. Uh, sorry we're a little bit late this week, but uh, Derek had some... Uh, I, I got a text on Monday. It was like, uh, my tooth hurts and I threw up in the parking lot. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> uh, well, technically it started uh, Thursday. So we were supposed to record our commentary track Thursday, but I was just swamped with work stuff. So I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do it. Yeah. Which, not too long after we were to start, my tooth started hurting. And I'm like, it feels like there's something stuck in between, like, my back two teeth on the the top left corner of my mouth. So I'm like, I'll just floss it out and it should be fine. A decent amount of blood later, I realized that (laughs) was not the case. So I'm like... Do I need to go to the ER? Uh, I mean, it, it stopped after a minute or two. Yeah. But then the the next day it was hurting. And then the next day it hurt worse. Um, I was supposed to work, cover an event for work Saturday morning. But I had to leave because like my tooth was hurting so bad. Oh my God. That I couldn't, that I couldn't function. What? I thought I was going to have to call Samantha to have her to come get me. What did it turn out to be? So I went to the dentist Monday morning and I actually, it was a very educational and enlightening trip. Did you know that your digestive system and acid reflux, if you have it, can affect your teeth? No. So I learned that that. and I've had acid reflux 
for several years now because they took x-rays of my mouth and they said it doesn't look like there's anything wrong with your tooth so they're thinking that my acid reflux and like my bad digestive system is affecting like the gums around that particular area wow so i got prescribed an antibiotic i've been taking that since monday and it's getting a little better day by day i still have to take um ibuprofen every few hours but i'm like i I timed it today where i would be in (laughs) in peak condition to to do the podcast awesome but let me tell let me tell you the throwing up story so (laughs) something that was recommended to me we're like something that could really help with your pain but it might make you sick to your stomach is if you take tylenol and ibuprofen together Hmm. so i'm like in theory, that that sounds like a like a superpower. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'll do anything at this point. So I did, and then uh, stopped by a uh, stopped by Smoothie King on the way to work and got a smoothie because I haven't been able to really eat solid food since Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not too long after that, my stomach started hurting, and uh, I happened to be outside and threw up right in the work parking lot. Oh, it was smoothie vomit too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds lovely. It it stung coming up. I will say that. <laughs> I'm sure it did. I'm and then it you're... was in that moment that I knew I was not meant to podcast on Monday. Man, I'm glad you're feeling better though. That just sounds like a harrowing day. Yeah, it was. I've mostly been sleeping since since Monday. Oh, uh, today was my first wonderful. full day back at work, so. I've been playing a lot of catch up. Yeah. Um, funny enough, I didn't get home until like 15 minutes before we jumped on the air. Yeah. Well, I got to go put my car back in the shop tomorrow. So I know all about the acid reflux <laughs> that you're, you're experiencing. Cause I'm having it right now because my car is a piece of shit. Well, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed for you that it's nothing too severe. Yeah, um, might have to charge you uh, patrons triple next month if uh, <laughs> if it's too expensive. I hope you guys don't mind. Oh, well, we'll we'll see what happens, but hopefully it's nothing too serious. Uh, before we go into uh, the news and stuff, everything tonight, we did have a little little boo boo last week. We skipped a couple of uh, top five lists um, in our Discord here. We just we started at the wrong spot is what happened, but uh, I'll go ahead and read the first one here. This is from our community manager, Bethany Fox, who is uh, doing good work over there on our Discord. Uh, At number five, he's got Ship of Fools. This is a two-player game that's fun, but challenging and funny in a way. I recommend picking up any of these for some good couch co-op with the partner for good fun bonding time. Number four, It Takes Two. This is another two-player-only game with beautiful scenery and a fantastic story and is great for couples to play. Uh, it also out. takes two to think a thing move right. Yeah, <laughs> it takes two to make a thing go right. <laughs> uh, a Way Out. This is a two-player couch co-op game that has a good story and is fun to play with your partner. Uh, number two, Nobody Saves the World. All right, I recently started playing this game. It's a two-player-only but it's addictive and is good uh, because it's mindless and you don't have to think about anything. I need that. I need just a a full day of just mindless not thinking of anything. 
Uh, and of course, number one, Splatoon 3. I personally really think like this game, and it is really fun with a few people, and there's different modes to try uh, to stay fresh. Uh, I do like Splatoon 3. I kind of fell off of it for a little while. I need to jump back in there. Yeah, same. And I will say this. I, I don't know of most of these games, which is why I like this list, because yeah. it's educational in a way. Ship of Fools is a great podcast name. It is. I if you, like if that. you wanted to, if you wanted to do like a, I mean, it could be a weekly show or like a seasonal show of just like the worst pirate stories. <laughs> Call it Ship of Fools, dude. That's not a bad idea at all. That's really not. Hmm. I might have to jump on that. <laughs> we might have a new podcast Quick, on the yeah, horizon. Yeah. Lord, I don't, I don't need to do another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and our other list is from our good friend Raven Ghostpaw. Number five, Mario Party 2, when you spend five coins to steal three from a friend for no reason but to hear the yell of, <laughs> why? <laughs> I'm guilty of that, so I know exactly what he means. <laughs> Number four, this is a super underrated game in my opinion, Stardew Valley. Chill to farm with friends. It is the modern Harvest Moon, mm. but just it's better, yeah. honestly. Number three, Overcooked 2. The amount of chaos this game throws at you is insane, but makes for a good laugh. I've played the original Overcooked, and I really, really liked it. I've never played any of the Overcooked games. They're fun. They'd be a good um, like community game yeah. for us to play. Number two, Secret of Mana for the Super Nintendo. Tons of fun having a friend over to play this for a day. People forget about the co-op, you know, aspect of Secret of Mana. I didn't know that had a co-op or mm -hmm. uh, because option you, to it. Yeah, because you have uh, three characters on screen. So I want to say there was an adapter that you could get for the Super Nintendo where you could add the third controller spot. Hmm. But worst case scenario, you could have a friend come over and play as one of the other two characters. That's cool. Yeah. And number one, this will be a shocker, but bear with me. Baldur's Gate 3, when you are talking to someone and your friend who has played a bright blue tiefling tief is, is in the background letting it free fly. <laughs> I haven't played Baldur's Gate 3 yet, as you could tell by my pronunciation, yeah. but I do really want to. I've heard nothing but incredible things about it. I know. I'm ready to play it. I can't wait till I eventually get a PC, which... Hopefully my car will hold out so I can keep my money and be able to get one very soon. But we'll see. We'll see what happens after tomorrow. Fingers crossed. But uh, now, are you ready to go into the news for this evening? Yeah, we're, we've got a lot. All right, well, let's do it. I had an itchy trigger finger there. Uh, some of tonight's stories were sent to us. Uh, actually, uh, did Tyler Watson send one? Yeah. Um, were did. sent to us by Tyler Watson. And if you have a story you'd like for us to cover, send them to NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com. And the first story tonight comes from, of course, NintendoLife.com. Shadow of the Ninja remake locks in summer 2024 Switch release. Inin Games? NN Games? I guess that's how you pronounce it. I-N-I-N -I -N Games has today revealed Shadow of the Ninja Reborn will be arriving on the Switch and other platforms in summer 2024. This information was revealed in a new comparison trailer, which you can view in the uh, 
in the uh, the, the article here, when it does arrive, players can look forward to both digital and physical editions of the games with strictly limited even listing a collector's edition featuring a bunch of extra goodies. Uh, the standard edition is limited to 3,500 copies worldwide, and the collector's edition is limited to 2,500 worldwide. and comes with a controller, stand, soundtrack, and other premium collectibles. This is interesting because Shadow of the Ninja is pretty good for a Nintendo game. And the comparison is really cool. If you watch the trailer, it's only 30 seconds long, and it's a true, like, side-by-side comparison. And it doesn't, like, it looks different, obviously, but it's all beefed up. It's got great-looking graphics. The animations look really cool. I've never played Shadow of the Ninja, but this looks really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. I I'm not going to lie. I think I did a review of this not too long ago because I've played it a bunch on the Switch. <clears throat> the graphics remind me a little bit of um, Shredder's Revenge Yeah, that came out last year. Yeah, the new updated graphics look really good. Mm-hmm. So I, I might give this a shot. I've been looking for something new to play. Yeah. I know this you know, comes out in the summer, but... Well, the old Shadow might be of the Ninja is well worth playing, too. It's on Switch Online uh, under the NES library. Okay. Let's see. Our next story comes to us from IGN. Nintendo Switch 2 reportedly has an 8-inch LCD screen. Uh, Bloomberg cites Omdia analyst Hiroshi Hayashi, who specializes in the display market, is in his report that the unannounced Switch successor console has an 8-inch LCD screen and launches later in 2024. For context, the standard Switch has a 6.2-inch screen on the diagonal, and the OLED has a 7-inch screen. Uh, Last year, VGC said Nintendo was set to release its next-gen console during the second half of 2024, with developer kits in the hands of partner studios. According to the website, which has a strong track record of reporting unannounced information, It can be used in portable mode like the Switch and has an LCD screen as opposed to an OLED in order to keep costs down. Mm -hmm. It also reportedly comes with a cartridge slot for physical games. Nintendo hasn't said anything official yet, Mm -hmm. so you take this for what you will. It doesn't sound like a huge improvement, but you don't want it to be too big, though. Yeah. Yeah, because the Switch is already pretty big in your hands, um, and there's not much more they could squeeze out of that screen size. So, you know, going to an 8-inch screen makes it a little bit bigger. Um, it just, what I want to know is, is what's going to be under the hood. What's, is it going to be PlayStation 4 equivalent graphics? Is it going to be current gen, which I highly doubt. But even if it was PlayStation 4, uh, you know, hardware, compa- like, comparable, um, you know, with on an eight inch screen, it's gonna look great. You know, mm-hmm. even if it's LCD, they probably will do an OLED version. You know, a year or two down the line, which I do see that happening. It just, I think that kind of depends on how well uh, the launch goes. If the launch goes well, then we'll see the OLED screen sooner than later. It, because if it doesn't do well, if this is if this is a tank. Like the the Wii U, if this thing tanks, we won't get an OLED screen. We'll they'll just move on to the next console. Yeah, I'm just ready for Nintendo to come out and actually say something. Yeah. Same here. 
Uh, next story is from MyNintendoNews.com. Capri Sun joins forces with Nintendo. Uh, Capri Sun and Nintendo have joined forces to bring a touch of gaming magic to your beverage experience. The popular juice drink brand is incorporating characters from Nintendo's beloved game franchises included, including Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Animal Crossing, Pikmin 4, onto their Fruit Punch, Strawberry Kiwi, and Pacific Cooler cartons and pouches. Uh, it will be available exclusively through March 34th, 34th, 31st in stores and online. Uh, and let's see the... Yeah, they show a picture here of the um, the actual pouches. And I want to get them just for the pouches because they look cool. I wish I had read the Google Doc yesterday because I went to Walmart and... Uh... If they had these, I would have bought some and actually like drank one on the show. <laughs> Should have. That'd yeah, awesome. but no, these look really cool. You know, I, I remember as a kid, anytime they would have like Nintendo themed food or drink items. Yeah. I always geeked out over those. Like I still remember finding the Super Mario World Kraft Mac and Cheese in the grocery mm -hmm. store once. So th this brings back memories of that. Yeah, and they're doing a slurp and win sweepstakes where you can scan the QR code on the uh, the Capri Sun cartons to, for they're giving away 500 of the Nintendo Switch OLED model systems. Hmm. Hmm. Might have to go get me some of these. Yeah. Interesting. Let's see. From uh, Lily Pudding. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it. I would think so. Lily Pudding. <laughs> lilypudding.com uh, the 400 mini is a half size Atari 400 replica for 8-bit retro gaming the Atari 400 is a home computer that first launched in 1979 with a 1.79 megahertz 8-bit processor <laughs> 8 kilobytes of RAM 4 <laughs> joystick ports a cartridge slot and an unusual membrane keyboard more than four decades later, Retro Games Limited is bringing back the Atari 400. Kind of. The company's latest retro system is a half-sized Atari 400 replica called The 400. It comes with 25 classic Atari games pre-installed and features a few modern hardware updates. It sells for $120, and it's up for pre-order from Amazon and Atari.com, and it's expected to begin shipping March 28th of this year. Uh... And there's... There's a picture of it. Uh, that color scheme is hideous. <laughs> Do you feel like Atari's kind of reaching with this one? <clears throat> I mean, yeah. <clears throat> who had this thing? Who is this for, really? I don't know I... anyone that had this thing. No, I certainly didn't. Because this, this was well before my time. Uh, but uh, I mean, I'm sure there are a couple of boomers out there who remember this thing fondly and will gladly shell out 120 bucks for this, but I look at this and I'm like, come on, Atari, give me something. That I, you know, I love the, the mini stuff, you know, the mini Sega Genesis, the Super Nintendo, the Nintendo, all that stuff's great. But when you're reaching for, you know, the Atari 400, like, I think you've reached too far at that point. We've been praising Atari the last several weeks, but this is one of those two steps forward, one yeah. step back kind of thing. And this is definitely a step back because I, mean, I, I can't think of anybody that yeah. I know that would want to buy one of these. This is a swing and a miss. Yeah. 
And for next story, which comes from IGN.com, Hyperkin reveals an Oscar Mayer hot dog controller for the Nintendo Switch. This is the story that Tyler sent in. <laughs> Finally, Switch gamers can play Tears of the Kingdom with a hot dog? Question mark. Gaming accessory and controller manufacturer Hyperkin announced partnerships with a handful of popular food brands to create a new line of collectible food-themed Switch controllers today. The latest run of Hyperkin's Bluetooth controllers will have Oscar Mayer, Kool-Aid, Sriracha, Kraft Mac and Cheese, and Heinz Ketchup-themed colorways. And the time of writing, only the Oscar Mayer, Kool-Aid, and Sriracha collabs are available on Hyperkin's site, though. I mean, why would you This do is this? fun. <laughs> it's just, this is for people that have too much money, and they're just like, what do I spend my money on? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I want to get the Kool-Aid one just so I can <laughs> bust in a room and go, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to lie. This made me laugh yeah. when I saw the headline and the, the controller, like it, it's a pretty good representation of a hot dog. If I do say so myself, cause you got the, the little strand of mustard above the start and select buttons. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I, I won't get one, but I think it's kind of cool. I mean, it's funny, but would you really want to spend money on this? Like how much does this thing cost? Does it say? Uh, let's, uh, let's see. see. It does not say. Here, let's see. Let's uh, go to Amazon. Thirty nine ninety nine from the Hyperkin store. I mean, why should ask do for this for my birthday when you can go to Eight Bit Dough and spend roughly the same amount for the same, almost same controller that you know is awesome. I mean, Hyperkin's got good stuff, but I don't think they're as good as Eight Bit Dough. I don't think. But do 8-Bit those controllers look like a hot dog? No, they don't. <laughs> they really need to be. Uh, I should ask my wife the, for this for my birthday, <laughs> just so she can look at me and go, no. What do you want for your birthday? Uh, the Oscar Mayer hot dog controller. That's what I want. <laughs> uh, our last story, this was a little bit of uh, late-breaking news. This actually dropped uh, about... An hour and a half ago? Yeah, I hadn't even heard of this until I saw it in the Google Doc. I'm I'm so excited for this. Uh, from IGN, Sonic and Shadow Generations announced for this fall. It officially announced Sonic and Shadow Generations, which is a Sonic Generations remaster featuring Sonic's edgiest friend during today's PlayStation State of Play. We got a brief glimpse at Sonic and Shadow zooming through some levels, but little information otherwise. We do, however, know that it's slated for autumn 2024. This is Sonic's latest 3D outing following the release of the Apple Arcade-exclusive Sonic Dream Team and 2022's Sonic Frontiers. Uh, so basically what this is, is Sonic Generations is a game that came out in the early 2010s. It featured remastered levels uh, from the various old Sonic games. It was to celebrate Sonic's, I think... 30th anniversary hmm. no 20th 20th anniversary and um you can mix between what's called classic sonic where you play in the classic like 2d side scroller type and then modern which is the hybrid of 2d and 3d hmm. really fun game uh, it's one that i'm shocked they never did dlc for because of how popular it was it sounds cool and like, i don't remember and, it though and uh 
it looked like they they're including remasters of maybe some Sonic Adventure 2 levels that featured Shadow as well as levels from his own game. Hmm. Which I think is really smart because shortly after that is when Sonic 3 the movie comes out. Yeah. Which Shadow will be in. So I think the timing of this is is perfect. It'll get Shadow's name back out there. I know he's a really popular character, but it gets his name out there a couple of months before, you know, promotion for the movie will probably really start ramping up. I think we're going to hear a lot more Sega stuff as the year goes on, especially with the with the new CEO that they've got, man. I think Sega's going to Sega's going to surprise make some surprises this year. I'm not sure what they're going to be. I don't think it's going to be a console, but honestly if they did, uh, I would I would honestly love to see Sega come out with another console. That would be awesome. It would be mind-blowing yeah. if that happened. I, I'm with you. I don't think it's going to, but I would love it. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, that is true. Um, I think, no, I did. I thought I closed out our Google Doc. No, I did not. I um, just want to tell everybody that Nerd Game Retro is proudly sponsored by our mobile game partner, Globe Glider. And if you like action-adventure platformers, Globe Glider is for you. And the game is, let me tell you guys, the game is free. There's no, uh, there's no stupid little you know, nickel and dime transactions in the game. You just go get the game. It's free. But if you want to make a donation to the game to support indie game development, you know, go, uh, go make a donation to the game using our partnership is quick and easy. You just simply hit the donate button and select Nerd Cave Retro as your referral partner, and you will unlock sweet in-game prizes like an exclusive Nerd Cave Retro cape. So download Globe Glider now on the App Store or Google Play. And uh, we don't have any this month in video game history um, for this episode, so we're going to go straight into our Patreon shoutouts, and then we're going to go into the review for tonight. So Derek, please take it away. As always, we want to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out Yupfed, a.k.a. Knife, James, a.k.a. at Jimbo Jr. on Discord, Travis Martin, Raven, Danny House, Justin Nispel, John West, Daniel Salmon, Mr. B. Rez Coffee himself, Mike Eveland, Tyler Watson, Axblade07, Armez Jackson, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. I am the Rampage. Rampage. Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Mr. Joey Image, and of course, Mama Diamond herself. Mama Diamond. Donna Diamond. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on for us here at the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early access to our fun commentary tracks like... The real Ghostbusters, which, spoiler alert, is going to be our next commentary track. And, and let me tell you what, if you're not a patron yet, <clears throat> this is the perfect month to do it because today's the 31st, tomorrow's the 1st. So if you join tomorrow on the 1st, you'll get two commentary tracks for February because we're, we're, we couldn't get our schedules lined up in January to do the commentary track. Uh, with sicknesses and, and work and everything, but we're going to do one on the 4th, and then we're going to do another one towards the end of the month. So for this month, you're going to get two commentary tracks, and you get them way before everybody else. So it's perfect, perfect timing. And we've done so many great commentary tracks, like Batman 89, 
Transformers the movie, uh, episodes of Gargoyles, Darkwing Duck, Tailspin. The list is near endless on what we've done. So just for as little as a dollar a month, you can head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And for new patrons, be sure to send us your social media info, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And tonight, we're going to be talking about... introduce this game because not i only... thought you just have a compilation of several of the songs <laughs> dude let me tell you something the soundtrack to this game has taken over my life over the last couple of weeks they have the entire playlist on youtube and i would say there's roughly it gotta be a hundred songs on the soundtrack some ranging from 30 seconds some are like four and a half minutes long but they go from one end of the spectrum to the other. You get like, you know, your standard like 8, 16-bit, you know, uh, chiptunes type stuff. Then you'll get some like, you know, 80s style, like almost John Carpenter-esque synth wave. And then you'll straight up, like towards the end of the game, there's straight up like metal, like hard, like death metal going on. And some of the end, towards the end of the game, like th this soundtrack has everything on it. And I have done nothing but listen to that soundtrack and just be it, like, it, it transports me to another world listening to the soundtrack. So what soundtrack would you be referring to? It's for a game called Sea of Stars, everybody. <laughs> Glad you... See, I could just talk about the soundtrack all night and how great it is. Sea of Stars it is, is a good. 2023 role-playing video game by Sabotage Studios. It was released for Windows, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4 and 5, Xbox One, and the Xbox Series X and S. And me personally, I played it on Game Pass. Uh, let's see. Um, I think this game was all, well, it's, it's it, it has puzzle solving and turn-based combat, uh, with the player able to control up to six character, up to six characters. Um, and I think this game, I'm pretty sure this game was crowdfunded, uh, from what I've been reading about it, because in the, 
the um the credits for the game, there's like hundreds of people that they list uh as contributors for the game. So that to me is amazing. I, I don't know how much money they got um to make this game, but it, it was enough because they put it to good use. Uh, and basically, the, uh, let me talk a little bit about the plot of this game. Valer and Zale are solstice warriors, adventurers who have control over Eclipse magic. Their power is the only magic able to harm the dwellers, otherworldly monsters created by a godlike alchemist called the Fleshmancer. During their travels, they are assisted by their childhood friend, uh, a warrior cook named Garl. The trio is joined by an assassin named Sarai, and they attack the Dweller of Woe alongside the other Solstice Warriors, uh, Moraine, Erlina, and Burgra- Brug- Brug- I guess I can't say this guy's name, Brugaves. Uh, and after defeating the Dweller, Erlina and Brugaves betray the group and summon a cult serving the Fleshmancer. The Acolytes use the monster's remains to revive the powerful Dweller of Strife. After reaching safety, Moraine tells Valyrian Zale to confront the Dweller at the cult stronghold on Mesa Island. Um, and there's a lot more story that goes along with this, but basically, um, it's your... If you've ever... You played um, like Chrono Trigger and things like that on the mm-hmm. SNES. Like This game very heavily influenced by Chrono Trigger uh, and other JRPGs of the 16-bit era. Yeah, and my first impression of the game when I saw it is it looks like a Super Nintendo RPG on steroids. Yeah. It's a very fantasy-like world, uh, which I think is really cool. Um, I think, kind of going back to the soundtrack, you know, it, it really fits. The soundtrack's all over the place, but it fits the situations that you're yeah. in at the time, which I think is really impressive. Because the game's got everything. I mean, the first, the, the st- kind of starting, you know, every JRPG like this, even Zelda, has like the starting area, you know, where you kind of learn about your powers. You get a lot of information, you know, a story dump basically telling you everything going on. And then that's kind of like your, uh, you know, that's your starting area. And it's an island in the sky. So everything's kind of bright and happy and cheery. And then as you go, you go to different islands around the world. Each island kind of has their own, its own enemies. It's got its own music. It's got its own, you know, end boss and every, and, or towns, things like that. And as you keep going through the game, um, you, what I thought was the end of the game at one point, no, a whole other map opens up because you go to the quote unquote sea of stars uh, and you have to ask permission from these gods that are, you know, a hundred feet tall to allow your permission to go to the Sea of Stars to stop the Fleshmancer. So you go through the Sea of Stars, which is one of the coolest sequences I've ever done in a video game before, which I'm not going to explain it. I just want people to experience it. But once you get to the actual Sea of Stars, then you've got a whole nother map to explore. Once you get there and this game took me roughly 25, 26 hours to finish. Yeah, I saw a few different uh, gameplays on YouTube and they all averaged between the 20 to 25 hour range, which is that's a pretty big game 
for it's, something that looks, you know, 16-bit. Yeah, it's chunky. <laughs> and and it does look 16-bit, like the characters are, are 16-bit-ish. But this game is definitely a modernized 16-bit game. Like, there's no way a Super Nintendo could pull off the stuff that this game does. Like, it definitely is a modernized version of that type of stuff. But, man... I got, you know, Chrono Trigger vibes from it. I got Zelda vibes from it. Like, it basically, and I even wrote in my notes here, uh, this game is a JRPG, um, but it is an arcade version of a JRPG, and I say that in quotes. Um, it's not quite as in-depth as some other games like Final Fantasy. Uh, you know, like when I played Final Fantasy so Like, this is a turn-based fighting game, but it's very simple. It's it pared down and very simple to understand and like between your attacks and the things you're supposed to do. Um, it's not quite as in depth. Like when you level up your characters, you know, it's not like Final Fantasy where you can go and really get granular with um up you know uh, upgrading your character. This is basically just like when you level up, you get like you know get more hit points or you can pick you know, uh, uh, mana points or, you know, magic damage, um, you know, uh, melee damage, that type of stuff with your characters. It's not so in-depth. Um, but it's not quite as pared down as, like, Zelda. Like, you know, you play um, the 16-bit era Zelda games, um, you know, Link to the Past and things like that. It's not where that's more of an action RPG, but not really RPG-ish. It's it's just an you know action fantasy game. This is kind of somewhere in between those, you know, the Final Fantasy and the Zelda. It it's it's like an in the middle there somewhere, like a hybrid, yeah, in a way, yeah, yeah. It's and the thing is too, like that's always been a drawback for me of the Final Fantasy games is I feel like it gets too in depth, yeah, as far as leveling up your characters. But I like that it's taking it a step beyond like you mentioned link to the past mm -hmm. you level up by just getting a different tunic yeah and that you know mm -hmm. beefs up your defense you don't really level up you just get stronger weapons yeah so i i've watched some of the you know combat in this game and i i like it you know it's not it is turn-based but it doesn't feel as turn-based as like an earthbound yeah, if it, that it, makes sense. And there's no random encounters <clears throat> or anything like that. Like you can run around and see who you who you can fight. You you know you can squeeze by. If you don't want to fight something, you can uh, you get by it. You know, there's no random encounters anywhere. And, and one of the things that took me a little while to understand with this game is you've got your two main characters, Valir and Vale. Um, one has sun powers, one has moon powers, and then you pick up other people along the way. Um, that have different sort of powers. Um, but when you're fighting something, like a boss or something, it'll uh, each turn, when you're about to hit it, it'll do like this, um, almost like a slot machine, where it'll show you what it's vulnerable to during that round, so that you can get the most damage during that round of, of fighting. So if it, if like a sun pops up and, um, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, like hammers, then it will be a vulnerable to, uh, the sun magic 
and melee damage for that round. Or the next round, it could be a moon or something like that. Like it, so you can see like what it's vulnerable to th this round. That's an interesting concept. Yeah. Because, you know, when you think of enemies that you fight, their vulnerabilities don't change. Mm hmm and it doesn't give you like, and one of the things I didn't like about the game, it doesn't give you a um, like a health bar for the bosses. You just kind of beat the crap out of them until eventually they die, which is cool. Um, as you go through the game, uh, you know your characters get like the special ability, uh, and especially like I'll, I'll there's this one character that goes with you, and she's kind of like a a rogue. Um, she actually has a couple of twists in the game. One of the first twists you see coming from a mile away, you meet up with these pirates and you get a boat eventually, but you meet up with this gang of pirates who you, and they're you, you meet up with this gang of pirates, but then you meet up with this assassin who's kind of like a ninja and you know, it's the, it's the captain of the pirate ship. Like it's pretty obvious, but there's another twist later that you don't see coming, which is cool. But you, when you're playing her and you're fighting and her special move comes up, she can open these portals that she walks through and she'll like, she'll walk through the portal, come back with the entire, with the crew, uh, her pirate crew, and they'll summon the ship, which is, you know, off the offshore in the water. Like it'll show like, the, you know, like lightning and clouds going around the ship. And then the ship starts shooting its cannons and then it goes back to the screen where, you know, you're fighting the boss and it's just rains down um, cannonballs and just explosions everywhere. I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> it does sound really cool. Uh, I'm, I haven't played any of it yet, but the watching the gameplay has me very, very intrigued. I would say definitely uh, give it, give it a down, give it a try. And I think once you get about, because uh, I got about three hours in, like the first part's fun, you know, it's like, but it's not, it's kind of like one of those things where like, all right, let me go do something, you know, like, like, it's almost like, you know, when you're doing that, the whole beginning part of a game, like the, the tutorial part of the game, you're just like, all right, come on, just let's, let's get on with it. Once you get past that part, you get, and you get past your first major boss that's when you're like, okay, uh, like I'm really getting into this now. How's the pacing of the story? Because it seems like, you know, with it being like a 25 hour game, it's pretty, it's pretty stretched out. Not really. It feels like they put a lot of story, even though it's 25 hours long, they shove a lot of story in there. Um, and that's what kept me going the whole time is I just kept having to like, keep the story going and find out what's going to happen next and where we're going and what we're doing. I just, it, it wrapped itself around me and I just, I just wanted to play it all the time. One well, that that's what I always look for in a video game, especially an RPG, something that you're going to spend a lot of time with is you want to be intrigued or enthralled by the story. Yeah. So that's cool. The story is great. I mean, the, the, Everything about this game is great. The story's great. The environments are great. Um, you know, the characters you pick up along the way and just the little the little side missions you do for people. Just the the characters themselves are so interesting and likable. 
And I, I will say there are some characters that don't make it to the end, and it's very sad. So be prepared. Um, the, a little bit of a spoiler there, but there are people who don't make it. So to don't the get end too attached. Game. Yeah, don't get too attached to people. Um, and, and like I said, some of the twists in the game I could see coming from a mile away, and some of the others were really good, and I did not see some of the twists in the game coming. But the the pirates are great. But once you get to the part where once you go through the Sea of Stars, where you get to the Sea of Stars and you go to your first area where there is this race of people who have been turned into um, cyborgs, and it feels like you're, it feels very Blade Runner-ish, especially like the environment <clears throat> and the music. Like it just, I could have spit days just in that area itself like i just wanted to stay there like the uh the depths and tears of the kingdom yes like i just like this place is like i want a whole game just of this area like and everything that that the story you get from that like you could do a whole prequel just about that like they they pack so much story into this game it's ridiculous you never know it could be something they do down the line and another thing I like about this game is it is very self-aware and it doesn't take itself too seriously, seriously, but a lot of times it does and that's what made me love it. Like this game knows that it is um it is it is a love letter to the 16-bit era JRPGs and it make it makes fun of some of the tropes of that type of of game. And it's very self-aware. But, uh, you know, the game does have its serious moments, too. And I love it. Sounds like it plays out like a movie. And it pretty much does. Like, you could make a, a... You could... I would be... This game has been has been so successful. I could see them doing, like, uh, a, an anime of this. Or... Uh, what was that one um, they did on Netflix not too long ago about League of Legends? What was, Do you remember what that was called? Uh, Vaguely, um, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll look it up real quick. Yeah, or they could do like a Castlevania style anime about this game. Like, I would watch it. I would be there day one if they were to do uh, an anime of this. Arcane. Game. Arcane. That was it. Yeah. Yep. Um. Like, yeah, that one area of the game kind of felt very arcane-ish, and I loved it. Um. I. There's so much going on in this game. Like, I don't even know really where to start. I'm just like, just go try it and see for yourself because I haven't played a game that grabbed me by the collar and made me pay attention and like this in a long time where I just even like when I finished the game, I just immediately wanted more of that world. I wanted to stay there. I wanted to play more. Does it have any like side quests you could do after the main story's over? There's a few, but for the most part, the game's pretty on rails. Um, and there's not... I wouldn't say it's completely open world. Um, it is once you get to a certain point in the game, and then you can pretty much go wherever you want. But for the most part, this it's a pretty on rails uh, type of game. There's not a ton of, uh, I mean, there are side quests, but mostly I just followed the story. I think if you were to do all the, go back, you can go, and once you finish the game, you can go back and do, 
you know, you, the world's open to you. You can go back and finish all the little side quests and everything, too. But there aren't a ton. Okay. I mean, that for a 25-hour game, you know, you got to think, what much more could you add? Uh, I was trying to see. Uh, this game was scored by Eric W. Brown, uh, who previously composed for The Messenger under the alias Rainbow Dragon Eyes. Uh, with 10 tracks contributed by Chrono Trigger composer Yasunori Matsuda. And that's why I had such a uh, Chrono Trigger vibe from this game, because you had the guy that did the music for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the music's great. You know, I, I've, I found the, the complete soundtrack on YouTube, like you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's really good stuff. Yeah, and like you said, each kind of genre of the soundtrack fits where you're at in the game so well. Um, and, it, and like I said, the game does have a lot, a lot of influences to it. You know, the, definitely the people that played this game not only love JRPGs, but they love Chrono Trigger, they love you know 16-bit Zelda games, and they took all that stuff and just made the best possible game they could come up with in that genre. Uh, and I did write in my notes here, um, if you've never played <clears throat> a JRPG-style game, this would be the perfect game to start with to get your feet wet. It's not so in-depth to cause confusion. The turn-based fighting and moves are easy to understand. There are also not any, there, there also are not any random encounters which drive me nuts in most JRPGs. That's the one thing I love most about this game. I hate random encounters. Yeah, that it can get pretty frustrating at times when you have your random encounters, but I mean, you've you've sold me on it, you know. I'd already like in anticipation for this review, I already I had read some other reviews and no one's saying anything negative about this game this game is like a 10 out of 10 across the boards like this game has gotten so many good reviews and when i played it i hadn't heard much about it i'd heard a few podcasts talk about it but i didn't know what it was and then i was looking through game pass and i saw this and i I watched the trailer for it and i was like i'm gonna go ahead and play this because it's only like a four gig download so I was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and play this. And then next thing you know, here it is a week, you know, two weeks later, and I'm finishing it up. And I'm like, that was one of the best gaming experiences I've had in a long time. Like, just surprise. Like, I knew I was going to like Legend of Zelda last year. Like, that was a given. But right. just to come across a random game that you haven't heard about and fall in love with it, it's been a long time since I've done that. That's a special achievement. In gaming, because like you said, with Zelda, I know I'm going to enjoy the games. Yeah, it's a known quantity. But, yeah, but if you find one that's it's just a standalone game, you've heard little to nothing about it, and then you fall in love with it. That's I feel like that's a rare thing. At least for me, it is anyway. These days, it is. I mean, it used to be that way all the time when we were kids. You know, even when you were a kid, like through the '90s, like you didn't know. If something was yeah. going to be good, I mean, you had to trust your, you know, your gaming magazines to to be like, is this going to be good? Should I spend my hard earned birthday money on this one game that I'm going to have to play for the next year, uh, you know, and or, or at least until Christmas before I can ask for another game? So you had to pick and choose pretty uh, sparingly, or you know, go rent something 
and, and fall in love with it. So it was a lot easier back then to to find a game that was just like, man, I'm glad I spent my money on that. And I feel like Sea of Stars was like, man, I'm that was well worth a Game Pass subscription to play that game. I even want, I love it so much. I want to get a, a you know a hard copy of it. Yeah, I think you should. Because I love it. I want to get the soundtrack on CD. Like, I want everything of this game. <laughs> I just want to live in the world. should get it on vinyl. I would. If there is, I'm going to get it. So, I, think, I feel like this is a dumb question to ask, but <laughs> what number would you give it? It's a solid 10 out of 10. There is not a whole lot bad I can say about the game. Other than, you know, I wish they had, during the boss battles, it would be it would have been nice to have a uh, health bar so you know how well you're doing against the boss. But I actually, the further I got in the game, the easier it got. Like, it was a little difficult at first to, to kind of, as you're figuring the game out and how the game wants you to play it, how they want you to do the boss battles. Like, I, it took me a while to figure out, like, oh, maybe I should take out you know, you got these huge <clears throat> bosses. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should take out its sword first, sword hand first, and then go for the head. Like, once I started figuring out that stuff, I was like, oh, I know how this game wants me to play now. So it became pretty easy after that. I think I died maybe twice uh, throughout after the first part of the game was over with. I died maybe twice the rest of the game. And then most of the times I died because of, of stupidity or I wasn't watching like what my health bars and stuff like that. I think if your biggest complaint is the boss is not having a health meter, that's a sign that the game is pretty good. <laughs> it's great. I cannot recommend it enough. If you haven't played it or if you're on the fence about playing it, especially if you have game pass, it's a no brainer. It's like a four gig download. Go play it right now. And as far as if you have to pay for it, whether you have it, want to get it on Switch or you know PS5 or Steam, wherever. I'm not sure if it's on Steam. It might be, um, but wherever get you can get it, just pick it up. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, I'm not. It's not listed on Steam, uh, but it's on Windows though. So if it's yeah. on Windows, I, I imagine it'll probably be on Steam sooner or later. Yeah. Probably yeah. so. It's my highest recommendation. I mean, if you're a fan of Legend of Zelda games and Chrono Trigger and stuff like that, just go play this. Like, you're not going to be disappointed at all. I'm excited to play it. I desperately want to hear what you think about the game when you finish it, because you're going to call me and be like, dude, you were right. <laughs> but that's all I, I have no say. doubt of that. That's all I got to say about it. Um, what's coming up next week? Um, I don't know what I'm going to review yet. Um, I haven't really been playing much just at first because I was busy with work and then I've been sick. So yeah, I'll figure out something for next week. So I'll, uh, I'll let everyone know in the next couple of days. All right. Um, well, uh, I do want to let everybody know that, uh, I was on that, um, uh, our good friend, I am the rampage. Carlos Longoria and our good friend Wally Phelps have a new podcast out called Ready to Believe You, which you can listen to on all podcasting platforms now. It is a Ghostbusters slash Supernatural um, podcast, and I was on the episode the other day talking about a paranormal experience I had. So if you want to go check them out, go download it right now. 
Yeah, it's a fun show. I I've still got to listen to to your episode, but I've I've really liked what I've heard so far. Yeah, it's great. And for 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 those that just for clarification, it's supernatural as in like ghosts and whatnot, not supernatural yeah. the TV show. Yeah, supernatural like like paranormal, I should say. Yeah, Ghostbuster slash para- real paranormal stuff. Yeah, but uh, what's yeah, going on? Stuff. What's going on with the Derek Diamond experience? So the Derek Diamond experience uh, will be out. If you're listening to this the day it drops, it will be out tomorrow. I had a really cool chat with an actor named Bruce Davison, who uh, has been acting for over 50 years. Um, Early in his career, he starred in a movie with none other than Lucille Ball from the I Love Lucy show. Um, He also played um, (laughs) Senator... Uh, Robert Kelly in the first two X-Men movies. Oh, cool. And um, he also recently starred in a horror movie um, with Heather Graham that is now available on Shudder, which um, let me actually look that up real quick. That's I was going to have that up before (laughs) before I did this, but um, yeah, so that'll be, oh, it's called Suitable Flesh. Oh. uh, Which is, was just released on Shudder, so um, if you want to hear about old school Hollywood and uh, a guy who's been around it for a very long time, you could check that out at linktree.com slash Podcast. That's awesome. Uh, if you want to listen to the Open Micers podcast at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram this week, Jacob can't join us because he is, uh, jo- Jacob's had the flu for about a week and a half now. So we're just going to go ahead and do the episode without him. It's going to be me and Derek with another episode of Headliners, which we're going to be doing right after we get done here. I can't wait. This is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So uh, that's it for for this week. Anything else before we leave? I don't think so. Well, let's go ahead and walk out the door. If you want to email us, email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Nerdcaveretro.com is our link tree. That includes Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our Patreon, our merch shop. We even have a cash app and a PayPal button up there. You can throw us a couple of bucks over there, which would be awesome. Or if you want to go to nsmrmerch.com, we have t-shirts, hats, stickers, magnets, bags, mugs, whatever your nerdy little heart desires. And if you can't do that, you don't have any money to throw our way, the best thing you can do is whatever podcasting platform you're listening on, Apple, Spotify, wherever, leave us a review and or a five-star rating. It only takes a couple seconds, and it helps us out immensely. So thank you all for listening to us. And Derek, please tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Yes. I love the Power Glove. It's so bad. Hey, Derek, have you heard the news? What news? We officially have our very own line of coffee at brezcoffeeco.com. That's right. Nerd Cave Retro now has its very own medium roast coffee. If you want to try it yourself or even some of the other awesome flavors like Wizard's Potion, which is a butterscotch, caramel, and hazelnut flavored roast. Or the Dragon's Breath Roast, which is a cinnamon dolce flavored roast. They have tons of different flavors, and you can also just get a regular Colombian roast and add any flavor to it that you want. 
They even keep their seasonal roasts all year round. If you need that boost to get you through those all-night gaming sessions, then head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the promo code NCR for 10% off your order. This podcast is a Zoo House LLC production.